Welcome, everybody, to episode number 224 of Take Him With You for May 19th, 2013. I'm Rick. And I'm Amy. And today, we're going to be talking about all sorts of cool things, including Star Trek, space travel, and more. Stick around. go so what is that music from it's really cool that was called london calling by michael giacchino 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 i don't know how to say his last name so i saw you had two tracks i do well the other one's coming later that oh. was actually from the, the new star trek movie um, the the track you just played. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it sounded familiar, but I I'm not like you. I don't remember. What What's really odd is tonight at dinner, we celebrated my son's twenty first birthday, and our older son was there with you. Mm-hmm. And you both are kind of savants when it comes to music. You both play by ear, and you both remember music from different shows that I don't recall. I mean, I can tell if I like the music but from a certain show, but I don't remember it usually after unless it's maybe a song that gets caught in my head. But you guys remember all the theme songs from all the different Star Trek movies. Well, because each one had a little bit different slant. I mean, all of it has the... In there somewhere. Yeah. But, okay, this is the oddest conversation. (coughs) Why? Because you and he were sitting across the table giving colors to each of the songs. So? So, that's not normal. What do you mean it's not normal? (laughs) Sure it is. I think every, every person sees things differently, and I see music. Well, yeah, you and Nathan... 
shapes, patterns, mm-hmm. and colors. Thank you very much. Yeah, you and Nathan are a little bit different that way, and and that's cool. It's unique. But um, but now, unfortunately, I think the other two of our children take after me and can barely play the radio and don't no, that's see not true. Music as no, not at all. Catherine's got a lot of of. Uh, yeah, she likes to sing a lot, but yeah. she's never really taken up playing instruments like that. Doesn't you and mean Nathan. she won't. Yeah, maybe. She I didn't has play any instruments guitar. until I was in sixth grade. Yeah. yeah. Nathan played quite young, but he grew up with... I played the with, tenor saxophone. Nathan grew up with you playing music. so But the other kids did too, and neither of them have really picked it up like like our oldest has. But So anyway... <coughs> but Well, I, I played the music because uh, later on in the show, we are going to talk about Star Trek Into Darkness, the new Star Trek movie mm-hmm. coming out. And I know people say, well, it's not very spiritual. Isn't this a spiritual podcast? But I, I do want to talk today about um, space travel and is there life on other planets? We watched a program where they were talking about, um, you know, they've been discovering all these different planets now because of the Kepler project. And they're they're wondering now if perhaps there are Earth type planets, you know, millions of them out there around each one of the stars. There's got to be some According planets. According to Star Trek, they would be an M-class planet. Well, yeah. Well, they're they're not saying that there's a bunch of M-class planets, but they're thinking there might be. Uh, and maybe there's human beings on them. We don't know. So anyway, we'll talk about that later in the podcast. But we went and saw the Star Trek movie, and we will let everybody know uh, when we talk about it. So if you haven't seen it yet and you want to see it, we don't want to spoil it for you. So we'll let you know when we are going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so just don't freak out. Don't shut us off now. But uh, take a listen to our podcast up to that point, and then we'll tell you when we're going to talk about that. And then it would be really interesting to find out what what is the Bible's take on life on other planets or alien life does does the bible say that there is or does it say there isn't um is it is it okay to be a believer and also a, a believer in god and also believe in life on other planets or are those two things incompatible i guess we'll find out i guess so on this episode of taken with you or maybe we won't but we can talk about it sure okay we'll be back right after this You're listening to the Take Him With You podcast with Rick and Amy on the Stitcher Radio Network. So this has been another kind of crazy week. Uh, It's never a normal week for us, ever. So what did you do this week, my dearly darling? Mm, This week I spent as much time as possible working through a large truck full of compost no let's just get that down to it (laughs) it was a big pile of poop yeah well Well, i had other things called mushroom compost i Mm -hmm. went and got it for you from a local uh feed store yeah um and which uh, (laughs) which i posted on facebook that you were my hero that's nice because you went and got that for me you need your triple you're popping your peas but that's okay go ahead keep going Um, Yeah, well, I think you got that Monday. So Sunday we had Mother's Day with my mom and your mom. We went to the farmer's market. And we never really heard if anybody liked our Mother's Day program or not. We There was a few people that said they listened to it, but we don't know what your feedback was. So if you'd like to let us know if you like the program or not, that would be nice. And I'm sure that your mom would love to hear if people enjoyed listening to her. 
Well, we um Do you know something funny about that? What? Did you know the this uh our friends Jen and Angela? Yeah. Who have the Anomaly podcast, mm-hmm. which people should listen to because it's awesome. Jen, one of the co-hosts, mm-hmm. actually interviewed her grandma or Nana. Who's probably about the same age as yeah, my Yeah, and talked to her yeah. about technology and a bunch of different mm-hmm. stuff. And I listened to that, and it was just fabulous. But I she did it at the same listen. time. Mm-hmm. And so we're talking back and forth this last week, and uh-huh. she's like, oh, my gosh, you must have read my mind. And we were, like, doing that back and forth. It was yeah. fun. So, Jen, good job there. Yeah, that was kind of cool. I still am planning to listen to that. I just haven't what gotten around to it yet. What was fun is as she's interviewing her, you can hear the dog barking. They're out on a farm, mm-hmm. and you can hear the chickens clucking. And uh, Carly, her little niece, was there, and... It was pretty cool just to listen to all the different sounds going on, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. So great podcast. You should listen to it. Anomalypodcast.com. Yeah, I I do plan on listening to that. Yeah. So, so anyway, I don't so, know how your mom, if, if your mom was liked or not. I don't have any idea. Nobody yeah. said. So, so, yeah, Sunday, we actually interviewed my mom Saturday, and then Sunday we went to Farmer's Market after church. Mm-hmm. And... Um, up in Olympia and <clears throat> and our farmers market is or in Olympia is really elaborate. It's, it's got big. It's well, big. It's, and it's got stores. And it's, it's our got, state capital, and it's a pretty good sized city. I mean, it's not as big as Seattle or New York or right. one of those big cities, but it's a pretty good and it's size. fun. Yeah, so we went to um, Olympia and then and we bought what did I uh, you bought some plants. We bought some plants for my mom. But then okay, so we got these plants. We uh-huh. bought plants for several people ourselves and then i i said but honey i built this raised bed i built this city well andrew andrew helped me build andrew and you helped me because you you helped saw the the wood and andrew helped put it together and Mm -hmm. so we built this very tall raised bed it's about two feet then you bought man i'll tell you what i bought a bunch of bags of topsoil it better be really good dirt because there's a lot of money for that it was more money for that than it was for the seeds and only it only the bags of dirt i got only filled it up like a third or fourth of the way and we're going oh no and it it just cost too much to buy the bags of it so we called around and actually, I think we posted on Facebook. Where can we get good, <laughs> good deal? Somebody, on? I don't know who got a hold it of it. It was you. um, my daughter, our daughter-in-law's mother, Marcy. Okay. okay. Uh, told us about this um, feed and seed kind of place, ho- home and garden place in Montesano, which is like ten minutes away from us. That had mushroom compost. No, it's not organic, but she says, but it's really good stuff and. And so, so she said she'd bought some before. So we got, you went down Monday while I was working out of town. And you got, was it Monday or Tuesday? Um, Monday, I think. Okay, you, you, I came home from work and there was a smelly truckload of stuff <laughs> in our driveway. And I started loading up the raised bed i think i can't remember which day i finally got but finally got it filled up and mixed in with the topsoil i already had and planted some vegetable starts herbs and we have some beets and some romaine lettuce and some spinach and good stuff and then today i um 
planted a few dahlia bulbs my brother gave me and I got um, some carrots planted. And you got wet. I got very wet. I don't think there's been a time in the last week or two that I've worked out in my yard where that I didn't get wet. And so I still have a few other containers I need to fill up and and do in our backyard, but I'm it's getting there. But <laughs> you were going um, I have a meeting in town on Monday, and I really don't want this stuff in the back of my car, so while you were making a video or something, <laughs> I was shoveling manure compost um, for a long time, and I filled up three big garbage cans and a wheelbarrow full, <laughs> and, and a couple buckles buckets full that... Um, I'm going to finish off my backyard garden with and oh I will sleep well tonight <laughs> <laughs> and then on top of that that's what I did yesterday or today before I had my our son over for dinner and then yesterday I planted some of mine um, yeah you helped plant some Only containers a bit. you did most of it which I had I already planted red for daisies you. zinnias Blue daisies, a purple daisy, some Livingston daisies, and... Red daisies. Cosmos. Did you say red daisies? Yes. Yeah. Red English daisies. Mm -hmm. So when they grow and you look at them, they go, oh, cheerio. I think so. Hello. I'm a beautiful flower. Okay. Cup of tea. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. They were and, Australian. And they say, a cuppa. And pretty much... A couple. You kind of just told me what you wanted in which containers that I had already for you, and I did all the touching. But there was I got one. My hands dirty. There was one point that your hands were dirty for about a whole sixty seconds, Whatever. and today <laughs> act like I never do anything. Today my hands were dirty probably for ten hours because <laughs> I was working in the yard. And I was really dirty, like oh, stinky dirty. But I got, I got stinky. your, um, I got your truck all cleaned out and even swept. Yeah. And I mean, swept as well as it can get <laughs> swept. <laughs> but it rained almost the entire time. And then yesterday, I mowed a a lawn for a neighbor that has this like park like beautiful. Um. Oh, it's just gorgeous. But it took like three and a half four hours to yeah. do yeah so yeah i'm so that's what your week was like i've then. been very busy very very busy between work and our yard work which i don't even feel like i'm halfway done with our yard work but you're never done with yard work but i mean just my my spring jobs i'm hoping to get my spring jobs done before summer but we'll see what gets done gets done yeah I, I always say I have two green thumbs because I grow plants really well, but I, I grow weeds just as well. <laughs> I have buttercups growing and morning glory and grass growing where it's not supposed to grow, but it's not the wacky kind of grass. It's just like the normal lawn kind of grass. Okay. And um, yeah, so I'm trying to get a handle on that and they just keep on growing and growing and growing yeah 
so you do anything exciting this week? I'm sitting here waiting and waiting and waiting. I, I, you waiting. know when you I get ta- you never... start I get start talking about gardening and Well, we had something exciting happen that I thought you were going to say, but okay. Okay. Our son got engaged to get married. Oh, that too. He turned 21 and he popped, popped the, the question. question to his girlfriend. So now and he has a fiance yes. and she said yes. So yeah. they're going to get married. We don't know when yet. We don't know the date quite yet, but I'm sure Prob- we'll find out soon. I think she said maybe summer or fall. She really likes fall. She's from Georgia, and so fall she might be... She hasn't experienced fall here. Fall might be a tad bit cooler in Georgia than summer would be. I would think so. Yes. Anyway, we're very excited for them, so that's kind of exciting. Now, I'll have two of mine married off and one more to go. But nobody will ever be able to date Catherine because I won't let them. I thought you said she could date when she turned 30. Well, only if I go along. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, unfor- unfortunately for you, and This dear, is one area when I th- really do think gun ownership is important. Unfortunately for you, your wife believes um, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Yeah, not true. And if you let our boys date at 18, then our daughter gets to date at 18. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that on a different uh, Of podcast. course, maybe with chaperones <laughs> all around. So, <coughs> excuse me, for this week, that was fun. Um, I, I finished up some projects for my friend, uh, Stefan, uh, in Australia and did some music intros and extras and some other things for him and some stuff for a really cool project that he's working on with his dad and a couple other people, actually more than a couple other people, but that was kind of cool. And I did a job for a company in Wisconsin. Was it about cheese? No. Oh, Okay. It was not about cheese. <laughs> I don't remember what it was now. And I got a really great lead on a job for next week, which is uh, doing a jingle for a company that um, that makes your dogs. What are you doing? Your that dog. makes your dogs skinnier. Uh, they take overweight dogs, and they there's a training course, and you get your dogs to exercise and eat right, and then they get fit and trim, and they last longer because dogs die. If you don't take care of them. Did you know that? You mean like the last dog we had that had these don't, little oh, don't go tiny there. pencil don't go legs there. and big barrel really, body? What do you want me to make very sad? Is that what you want me to be? Oh, that was sad. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> but, but this dog we have now, we try to play with her every day and throw. If we don't, our neighbor does. So. She, our dog is so obsessed. She loves all the gardening that I'm doing because she just she, goes out there and wants to play. Yeah, she's out there the whole time with me, and she getting keeps soaking on wet, dropping her toys next. She to was me so to tired tonight because our neighbor came over. She loves our neighbor, and our neighbor lady came over and she threw the ball for Jade for a good 15, 20 minutes. Plus whatever I had done right. throughout the day, too. And she was so tired tonight before we recorded the podcast. She was sleeping in the recliner with her feet with her all, up. Bo- all four of her paws <laughs> stuck up in the air and her tongue hanging out and her fangs hanging she out. Like a She's dead possum. <laughs> I was like, my gosh. I bet you I could have heard her snoring if I would have listened carefully. She's so tired. But that's yeah. good for her. She's nice and she got a lot of muscle tone in that dog, I'll tell you. Oh, 
She she can jump so far. I know. It's so funny. You have to go to YouTube and watch our video. Um, we did a, a fun video. Uh, we bought one of those pocket hoses. You know, the, the well, ours are green. I guess Wayne, my, our buddy Wayne. Hi, Wayne. Wayne's so cool. Wayne Henderson, you know, the voiceover, voice actor, mm-hmm. podcasting guy. Dancing Packer fan. Right. <laughs> French you know, fan. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You know who I'm talking about? He, I guess, bought a pocket hose too, but his is our purple. I would have loved a purple one. Well, maybe we can find a purple one that for the backyard. So, that'd be awesome. So anyway, we did a demonstration on YouTube because I had so many people. I told people I was going to buy one. I took a picture of it on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And everybody was like, oh, you got one of those hoses. I'm so curious if they work. Well, we have put it together and we showed how it works. And we like ours so far. We I don't know how durable it is, but we'll find out. One thing I love about it is we used to have, and we still have it, but big, heavy hose. big really heavy hose. And every time you put it away, it was just Ugh, like a I know, chore. our arms hurt and everything else. Yeah. This one is so, you, it's so light. you turn it on and it grows like a snake. Mm-hmm. And then you turn it off and drain it and it goes back to its form. And it's super lightweight and you just put it over by the, the faucet. It's cool. So we demonstrated mm-hmm. that on YouTube. And you can find our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash rick moyer 777 and just look for the pocket hose demonstration yeah i really like it and i i have a client that is in her 80s and um she had asked me about it and i said oh you would really like it because she's having a hard time wrestling with her big heavy hose oh yeah they're you know they're a little more expensive than a normal hose not I don't think by very much because this is a fifty foot hose, and, and it was twenty dollars. I got. I, I think got it's it for probably 20. comparable. But I know they have them in seventy five foot links as well. Mm-hmm. well. I didn't know where they were, though. I would have got that one, so yeah. we could get the side yard. We too, just got but... ours at Walmart, didn't we? I think so. Yeah, so that's where I found it. I was going to probably... order it, but if you order them online, they take six weeks to get. Yeah, and we thought it's ridiculous. This summer will be pretty much over, over here by the time we want to use it. Yeah. So. So we highly yeah. we highly recommend it so far. Now we don't know what the longevity yeah. we, of the hose is, and we don't get any money for recommending no, this. No, <laughs> no, I wish we did, but we don't. This and is it does. Just our we own. have to do. There's one drawback from the hose, and that is it leaks just a little bit around the valve that you turn on and off. And once you're actually using the hose with water coming out, it doesn't leak anymore. But that's the only drawback that we They're can find. They're not very much. But it seems like a lot of the hoses that we've had Do the and same the thing. wands and the little yeah contraptions that you wash the car with or whatever. It seems yeah. like well, we got a that new, happens quite a, a new bit. wand to, so that we could uh, water the plants and everything. That we yeah, just, we've uh, got hanging baskets. Yeah, so we're all set to go. Okay, so go see that video. It's really fun. I, the pocket hose. Um, what else did I do this week? Um... I don't know, lots of stuff. There was a lot of stuff going on this week. My most fun, though, that I had was Wednesday when my son Nathan came and got me and drove me up to Olympia. We had dinner together. Went, we went and saw Star Trek Into Darkness on the big IMAX screen in 3D. And it was really fun. We had a great time. But we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. One other thing that I saw this week that was just spectacular as a as a young man i always loved space i've always loved astronauts and space travel and rockets and for some reason ever since i was a little kid i don't remember not liking it you know Mm. and i always thought it would be so cool if i could be an astronaut but now that i'm older i don't want to go uh in (coughs) 
unless it was like Star Trek, I, I wouldn't want to go into space because I really value my life and I don't want to be thrust at however many thousands of pounds uh, unless on it was a like a space cruise ship, <laughs> right? <laughs> not like a mm-hmm. not like a little meteorite magnet that I'm not, yeah. Well, <laughs> suffice it to say, always thought it was cool uh, to watch the International Space Station fly by because mm-hmm. I get this little report on my Twitter that my Twitter that says, "Hey, the space station will be flying over your area at whatever." The, the challenge is to find a night that. It's not cloudy. It's not cloudy, which doesn't happen but a lot here. But I have seen it many times, mm-hmm. and I've even filmed it. It's on my YouTube channel. You can look for it. <coughs> well, this week I saw this this post from our friend that listens to our podcast on Twitter, and she posted that um, there was this cool music video done by the commander of the space station called uh, Space Audit Oddity. And, oh, my gosh, uh, Commander Chris Hadfield on board the International Space Station actually recorded a cover of David Bowie's uh, song, Ground Control to Major Tom. You know, Ground Control to Major Tom, that song. You know it. You've heard it. Okay. Uh, Anyway, he recorded a, a music video on the space station. And not just your, like, you know, have a little karaoke mic thing. He actually sang the song really well. And and they show him in, you know, zero gravity. And it's the real deal. Filmed in space. A music video filmed in space. I saw it when there was only 363 views on it. And now, in less than a week, 13,650,133 people have watched it on YouTube. So... Are we going to watch it or listen to it right now? Because I haven't seen it yet. Well, we we can't watch it completely on here because it doesn't work that way with our system. But I'm going to play for you um, a, a report on National Public Radio that talked about this project. And so we get to, we'll, we'll, it's only a, it's Will short. Will play it's a, short, a little bit of yeah, it? Yeah, they'll play a little bit of it so you get to hear it. But uh, it'll report uh, on... Uh, who this guy is and what his project was and how cool it is. So I want to play that now for everybody. It's about three minutes long and totally worth a listen. So enjoy this and then we'll be back and we will talk a little bit more about space. And then we'll talk about, actually, we're going to talk about Star Trek and we'll let you know when we do that. And then we're going to talk about, is there life on other planets? Stick around. Chris Hadfield went from feeling truly sublime to faintly ridiculous this week. He landed after spending 146 days in space, most as commander of the International Space Station. But says as soon as his Soyuz plonked down on the soil of Kazakhstan, I could feel the weight of my lips and tongue and had to change how I was talking. I didn't realize I had learned to talk with a weightless tongue. Chris Hadfield said that after nearly five months of floating, his feet had lost all cushioning and calluses. So on these, his first days back, I was walking around like I was walking on hot coals. Mr. Hadfield is 53, a slender and mustachioed former Royal Canadian Air Force colonel and the first Canadian to command the International Space Station. He may never be mentioned in the same sentence as Yuri Gagarin or Neil Armstrong, but Chris Hadfield has become one of the best-known astronauts of contemporary times because he shared what he's seen and felt with a Twitter following that's grown to almost a million and he's used the bay of the International Space Station as a kind of celestial garage to put on a show. 
He performed an electronic concert from orbit, playing his guitar and singing with the group Bare Naked Ladies and thousands of school students to encourage young people to love music. He laid down his own rendition of David Bowie's Space Oddity, Earth is Blue and There's Nothing I Can Do, with the earth rolling by and a window behind, or is that below him? And he snapped a lot of photographs, orbit after orbit, thunderstorms boiling over the Amazon, soft pearly swirls of ocean around Cape Town, vast mining pits gashed into the red soil of China, and North America's Great Lakes framed in a single shot, tweeting pictures the way a man on vacation might send back shots of both the Lincoln Memorial and a diner with a huge inflatable donut on its roof. To see his photographs every day, almost every hour, was to be reminded that sunrise and sunset are part of the same master plan. It's part of our humanity to be in space, he wrote in Russian, and just before plunging back into Earth's atmosphere, he said in French and English, I came here on behalf of so many people. Thank you. Which is why, said Chris Hadfield, it was important for him to send back messages. It's just too good an experience to keep to yourself. Chris Hadfield's most excellent space mission reminded us in a way of something human beings can do in space that, so far, machines can't. Be amazed. Though I've flown 100,000 miles, I'm feeling very still. And before too long, I know it's time to go. Our commander comes down back to Earth and knows. So that's just a little snippet from uh, National Public Radio. On, on and that Commander. is Commander Chris Hatfield, and you're listening to NPR News. Sorry, <laughs> messed up that, <clears throat> but that's okay. So, what do you think? It's kind of cool, huh? Yeah, and you showed me a little bit of the video too, and it it's pretty amazing. Yeah, I, go look it up. It's called Space <laughs> Oddity on YouTube, and you'll find the the commander of the of the um, Commander Chris Hatfield mm-hmm, of Hadfield of the uh, International Space Station. Pretty cool. Pretty neat, yeah. It gave me goosebumps watching the whole thing. I could watch it over and over and over because it, it's just unique. There's no other videos like it. Now, did you did you stay awake? I, I think you had a little nap or two. Ah! We were watching a behind-the-scenes of Star Trek. Uh-huh. And did you see the part where they had an astronaut on the set of the new movie as they were filming? No. Did they have somebody on there? Oh yeah, and I wish I would have remembered. Oh, I, I wish I would have known we were going to talk about this because um, there was an astronaut that went up on the second to the last journey of the Endeavor shuttle, uh-huh. and um, when he went up, he actually took a Star Trek phaser with oh, him. Oh, I did see that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so he was like, it was so cute because, okay, this astronauts, they have a lot of training, a lot of education, um, and yet they let him sit in the captain's chair on the set. Oh, he was like giddy as a little schoolboy. You you thought that, you know, he was he was just going to come undone. You could see him, his smile, and he was just like his his arms were kind of shaking a little bit because he was just 
so giddy. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just so and cute. And he actually took the the phaser, the same one that that my friend Jeff gave me. Uh-huh. He took the exact same one with him, the prop, yeah. up to uh, the, the on the Endeavor. And he, so if it, so any, it went into space. So if any Klingons tried to attack, he'd be <laughs> ready for them. <coughs> On stun, of course. You know. I thought that was really cool, though. That's really awesome. Yeah. But that's a spe- that was a special on Sci-Fi Channel, I think. Mm-hmm. A couple of hours about uh, Star Trek and the influence that it's had oh, on our society. Had so many, they had so many different scientists, and some of them are quite talking over my head <laughs> yeah it was kind of like huh uh, but uh, it was cool it was it was really neat i i think we might have to watch it again and try to grasp some well of i have it to stay awake for it That's, yeah uh, i was like i was watching it by myself because you were taking a nap you fell asleep i don't no. think you meant to <laughs> no, no. but yeah it was really good so people should go and watch that video mm-hmm. it was really good it's, find it on youtube under space oddity commander chris hadfield Mm -hmm. it's really cool and uh let's go ahead and get into our subject for the day we're going to talk about um we're going to mix up uh star trek into darkness along with uh along with uh is there life on other planets and what does the bible say about that or is there alien life but first before we get into it and as we get into it we are going to play a voicemail we got a voicemail we did. We got a voicemail. You didn't tell me that. Yeah, I'm surprising you right now. And so we're going to listen to our voicemail from our good friend, Wayne Henderson. And then we're going to jump right into the subject. So uh, we'll let you know as soon as we start to go do spoilers so you can shut that off or fast forward, okay? So just hang on there and take a listen to this comment from our buddy Wayne. Hey, Rick and Amy. Wayne Henderson here in Southern California calling the Take Him With You podcast via Skype through my studio microphone to your listener feedback line number, testing it out. I just want to thank you for all of the great shows you've put out through the years. I love the uh, Take Him With You podcast. I look forward to it every Sunday morning or when it's a little bit delayed due to life, then I look forward to it on Monday morning. But I want to call in because I know you saw Star Trek already, and you've probably already talked about it, and you loved it. And I'm giddy, and I can't wait to see it. I've got so many things going on this weekend that – don't know when I'm for sure going to see it, but, you know, you went to the early premiere, and it reminded me that almost every single Star Trek movie that's come out with all the different casts, I've seen almost every single one on opening weekend, and, you know, some were better than others. I fondly remember, you know, Star Trek Two, Star Trek Four, where they went back to, what, San Francisco in the 80s, and, of course, some of the ones with the different uh, casts, the Next Generation cast, and all that good stuff. But I especially remember the very first Star Trek, the motion picture. That one, I was at the very first showing. They weren't doing midnight showings way back in the day. The first showing was like 10 a.m. on a Friday. Yes, I had to find a way to not be in school to be there. It was wrong to ditch. Okay. But it was Star Trek, the motion picture. The slowest moving picture ever. But it was Star Trek, and I was giddy for it. And uh, we even... Me and my friend that were not at school at that time. Uh, one of our teachers was there in the audience to see Star Trek The Motion Picture. So it was kind of a, I won't say anything if you don't say anything. Nobody, you know. So anyway, I'm looking forward to keeping the streak alive and seeing Star Trek Into Darkness this weekend. I'm going to listen to your show, and though I may not listen to it until I see the movie. But hopefully, by Sunday morning, I will have seen the movie. 
Kirk out. Thank you, Wayne. You're so awesome. I so appreciate voicemails and feedback. Oh, so, so nice. So thank you. You're awesome, Wayne. Check out Wayne's stuff. Wayne Henderson at MediaVoiceOvers.com. Trek Into Darkness. It's out. And we went and saw it. Catherine's here. What did you think of the movie? I'm not here. Well, you are here. <laughs> I actually really liked it. Yeah. What, it's what did of... you like besides Chris Pine? Well, the whole entire movie, I was on like the edge of my seat. I didn't get bored once. And I just really liked it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she, and she liked Chris Pine a lot. <laughs> she she uh, she earned some geek credits from her dad when I I heard her laughing and enjoying the movie, and I thought sweet. One of the things I was really embarrassed about, though, and this is a spoiler. So oh yeah, by the way, everybody, um, for the next ten minutes, we're going to be talking, and I'm looking at my thing there. We have to wrap it up in ten minutes on Star Trek Into Darkness. Uh, go ahead and fast forward 10 minutes if you haven't watched the movie yet or if you're planning to watch the movie and you haven't yet so that we don't spoil it. But from now on, for 10 minutes, we will have spoilers. So here we go. Okay. At one point, Captain Kirk <coughs> turned to, I think, was it Sulu? And he told them to um, put on a red shirt. Because no, not Sulu. It was to check off. To check off. To put on a red shirt because um, he was going to, I can't remember what it was. Take over engineering. Take over engineering. And, and okay, so what's the classic um, track line that if you wear a red shirt, it's bad? You'll you, die. You'll die. <laughs> For no and reason. So, so here we are in the theater. Gasping. And, and I... I like laugh out loud or gasp or something. And I was the only one that did that <laughs> loudly. <laughs> and I felt really stupid, but it was funny. But I'm sure other people got it too. the first Star Trek movie of this new recreation that JJ Abrams has done 2009 version. Um, there was the part where there's this like big space drill laser thing mm -hmm. and they had to go stop it. And right. there was Sulu and. Cap well, he wasn't Captain Kirk then. He was like Ensign Kirk or something, uh, and this other guy in a red, a red blue, uniform, red and yellow or something. Blue, like red that. and yellow, and of course the red guy bit it. <laughs> so, yeah. So there's always this, you know, you know, from early on <laughs> in Star Trek, the fir very first um, Gene Roddenberry original Star Trek. If you have a red shirt, it's bad luck. <laughs> so, 
So what did you think, dear? You you saw it twice. You went mm-hmm. the first time with Nathan, mm-hmm. and then you went with <coughs> Catherine and I yesterday. Well, I I I thought it was a really good movie. It was, um, you know, I mean, there was a couple of places that weren't very family friendly, and it was extremely violent. Yeah, we wouldn't recommend this for to a younger audience. Young. Is was it PG thirteen? Yeah, it was PG thirteen. So. If you kind of hold to those ratings, probably, you know. Well, there was one point. I mean, the, the, the villain. I mean, obviously, there's spoilers here. We can talk about this. But the villain uh, um, who was turned out to be Khan, after all, Khan, uh, he would smash the heads of, of his. Crush them. And crush them with, with his, his hands. hands. Well, at first, I actually thought he was trying to. I thought he was actually trying to, like, pull their heads off of them. Oh, first. maybe he did that. But I don't know. I it was crushing, I think. But I at first that's my initial reaction, so I like closed my eyes. Yeah, it was I gross. didn't want to see him like rip off a head. So what yeah. they basically did is they took they took the movie Wrath of Khan, which was the second Star Trek movie that came out, and they used characters from it. And they used a little a few of the same situations, but not at all the same storyline. Because this well, because is an, this an is alternate kind of, universe. Yeah. It's totally different because if you watch the first movie, um, this peop- these um, people from Romulus came from the past and blew up Vulcan. Uh, Vulcan. So the well, the Vulcan's home wor- world was it oh, called Vulcan? Vulcan? Yes, yes. Okay, so and um, Captain Kirk's father was killed in that first movie, and so th- there's a <coughs> a lot of things that changed different people died whole planet was blown up whole so the whole timeline yeah, so changed right. and so, so they used the the con character but he wasn't even the same nationality wasn't even the same um i mean he was he was still a uh like a uh yeah a i product think of in the in the star trek books he and his, was and his Indian blood was something. like special and stuff and it would like heal people and do all this different things. He was superhuman in well, his he powers was, and all that stuff. And, and part of that was the same because in the Star Trek books that I read or listened to, which I hate to admit that I've done that, but I have a few because you... Oh, you've yeah. read Dad, I think. Maybe. But, so anyway, um, in the Star Trek books, um, Khan was um, from like Indian, mm-hmm. Eastern Indian ancestry, but he was genetically modified. Right. Well, in this part movie, of the he's genetically modified. Genetic, uh, eugenic wars that right, were right. supposedly in Star Trek canon that happened. Okay, the... so let's talk for just a minute. Okay. Because uh, we we only have, well, we have five, four minutes left to talk How about. How can we do that? Oh, it's easy because okay. we don't need to go into detail. Um, here's the part that, that was really different or was the same uh, was the, the scene where it got mixed up. Now, in Wrath of Khan... Yeah. Spock goes into the chamber, which and, is one of my least favorite Star Trek movies, by the way. Go and ahead. he aligns the thing so that they can go to warp drive and get past the Genesis planet that's going to explode, or the place that's going to explode because Khan's hitting the Genesis device. Okay. Well, in this movie, it gets switched around to where uh, they've got to get out of there; or they're going to all die. And so instead of Spock going in there, Kirk does, and he aligns everything. And, the, and then gets radiation poisoning 
and he falls to the bottom of the chamber. And then the same whole scene plays out, but with Kirk on the side of dying and Spock on the side of well, not being able to save him. Well, and another thing that's ironic is that Spock asked himself what would Kirk do as he was being right. the captain at that time. Right. And taking over for... And so he went and did cowboy diplomacy and went out and like both guns blazing and fighting and brawling and right and so they kind of had a role reversal right well and and uh, so Kirk dies mm -hmm. uh -huh. and, and okay. okay I had never seen that I had never seen the original and I so tried to I get her to watch it. Out, you were you were, it was sad, so wasn't I, you? I I actually I you almost shed I a tear. Shed, I actually did shed a tear. I'll Aww. admit it. I'll admit it. Well, well it was well, plus, the second time I saw the movie. I actually got choked up the second time, not the first time though. Plus, that would have been the end of the Star Trek franchise for Catherine if they didn't bring Chris Pine back. I would have been. Oh, that would have been good. No. no. Well, what was interesting <laughs> about that is, um, in the original Con movie. Uh, when he strands them on Genesis Planet, uh, Kirk cries out over the intercom, Con! And then they echo it, Con! Con! And they go back with the camera and everything on the planet. Well, in this particular movie, Spock says the same line, Con! But it, I, I thought it was it, goofy. I don't think it was as stupid as you say it was. Well, it is if you've seen the original. Maybe. maybe. But not everybody thought it was bad. Some people shouted and thought it was awesome. Well, Plus the fact that Spock um, is only half human, and that right. was he usually tried to <coughs> embrace Moore's Vulcan side, which right. is very logical, non-emotional. You don't really expect it as much from, so it looks kind of silly when he does it. Well, maybe it definitely was a big-time action movie, and it, I think very a lot of people so. are going to be Trekkies now that weren't before because. It's, I think it was better than the first J.J. Abrams movie, and I can't wait to see what they do with the third one. Hopefully they won't use a rehashed plot. Hopefully they'll you know, use something different. I don't even care if they do. Okay. Because giving it a different, giving it each one a different twist. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's just there's so many stories you could tell. You don't have mm -hmm. to go back and do other ones. But anyway, I, I thought it was a really good movie, and... Uh, if you're a Trekkie, you'll I think you'll love it. Now, we've heard from a few people that didn't like it at all. They were all upset, but I don't understand that reasoning behind it. I thought it was really good, and um, I'm just glad that they are reviving life in the Trek series. And I actually think that if no one, like especially even with the first movie, people who haven't ever seen Star Trek like the first one, and I believe that's going to be the same way with this one. Yeah. Like If you don't like the original ones, I think you might like these ones even more. Well, they, what what J.J. Abrams has done is he's modernized Star Trek to the point where it's not just for uh, it's not just for the the science geeks and stuff like that. It's, it's for everybody that likes an adventure. And I I think though too he still managed to get some of Gene Roddenberry's points about mm -hmm. uh, optimistic future in there. I do too. Because um, the whole fifteen seconds. The whole thing was about um, wanting. There was one to bad ambassador that wanted war, and, and but yeah. Gene Roddenberry's vision was that they were supposed to go on a Star Trek for just exploration and okay. peaceful That's exploration. It. We can't talk about it anymore. So there you go, Star Trek Into Darkness. Our brief discussion. Go see it at your local movie theater, and then perhaps we could have a discussion with some of our listeners. Um, here in the next couple of weeks. Maybe we can have them on and talk about what they thought about the movie and all that jazz. Catherine, before you leave, mm -hmm. 
Do you think there is life on other planets? Um, I don't know. Seriously, have you thought about it? Do you think there's life out there? I mean, Besides I wouldn't Earth? totally, I wouldn't totally just say no way, but I also have no idea. But you know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't say no, 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 you know, if that makes sense. Yeah. Sorry, that didn't sound at all smart, but. No, I understood completely <laughs> what you were saying. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, you're a young person. I just wanted to know what you thought. Because when we were young people. Uh, as she's wearing the MartiansAreHere.com shirt. Yeah. <laughs> when we were very young, or when I was young, there was a lot of talk about it. But I think in the, in the last 20 years or so, I think there's been more acceptance and more um, theories that there is life out there and probably because people want it to be and because of all the science fiction on tv and the movies and the literature and stuff like that i think people really want there to be life out there we just don't want it to be the conquering aliens that come and blow us out of the water yeah that that kind of freaked me out do you remember in junior high listening on the radio to the war of the world's did Honey, you listen to that on the we radio? We were really young when that... We were well, not alive. I remember... We, <coughs> Maybe a replay of it. I, I remember listening to a replay. It right. might have been on Halloween night or yeah, something. Yeah, they usually play it on Halloween night. And I was spending the night at uh, one of my girlfriend's house, and we were listening to the radio, and we are listening to it. And I, you know, it was probably a re rerun with Orson Welles reading it. Mm -hmm. But it still was kind of freaky. And I was thinking, I don't want to have some some mean aliens coming to blow up the earth and kill all the humans and i'm just so used to alien talk around my house <laughs> well but... i think the difference between your classic sci-fi they're going to come and blow us all up you know men in black kind of thing versus what gene roddenberry even though i don't agree with gene roddenberry's philosophy on some things because he was a humanist and i'm not um but and that's a, for another discussion completely. But I did, I think the reason I like Star Trek so much and the reason I don't see a problem between believing in God and Star Trek, you know, and, and liking Star Trek and stuff is because Gene's vision of the future was very optimistic. It was, we're going to work some of these problems out. There's not going to be hunger anymore. There's not going to be poverty anymore. It's exploration. There's not going to be war. Right. And, and there won't be prejudice. Mm -hmm. And... He was able to teach moral lessons in his in his stuff. Now, next generation when it came on, it did similar because Gene was still at the helm, and then mm -hmm. it and and it really kind of went through that. But then Deep Space Nine and Voyager and and Star Trek Enterprise, they got into some different they got areas. A little darker feeling. Well, yeah, because you know, I uh, Gene wasn't at the helm anymore. There was mm -hmm. a different people working on it. They, they, they still stayed true to to part of the vision. But it got grittier and it got a little bit more unfocused and there and they brought religion into it and they never mm -hmm. the only time they ever brought any type of religion into the original series was when they were on that planet where they worshiped the sun and they all thought it was the sun god, like the S U N, but it was actually the Son of God, S O N. Mm -hmm. So and that was the the well, planet where they did there, the Roman stuff. There were a lot, even in the original series though. If you would go back and watch all of them again which i'm sure you have multiple times i have um there were quite a few references to biblical themes well sure there was but that was the time it was mm -hmm. in the 60s uh, you know there late was, 60s we, that we was still, still had we still had kind of a christian culture mm -hmm. 
even if it's not like that anymore even if they were they were dealing with the 60s and 70s um kind of god is dead culture hippie um revolt against there was still organized the, the base religion. Of, of, our, there was still, of our society yeah. was more biblically orientated yeah judeo-christian right. heritage now that's changed involved. a lot in the last 40 50 years mm-hmm. and it's different today uh there's a lot more multicultural and a lot more um different looks at things and so i think that's changed our stuff but um the reason i like star trek was because people got along and they there wasn't prejudice there wasn't the the fighting and stuff like that even though we liked the fighting scenes and stuff it was it was basically a bunch of people trying to better the universe and go out and meet new people and stuff kind of ahead of its time if Big you time. kind of think of it yeah there wasn't a lot on like that well up until that point most of the science fiction was exactly what we talked about alien life coming to earth and annihilating us well and, and this was a whole different feel one thing about um Roddenberry even though um spiritually we had some different theology um i remember was it michelle nichols the the one that ahura Ahura, she came to him and she goes i figured this out she says you're just writing morality plays and setting Mm -hmm. them in space because even though i know next generation was really good at this too because they they um address things like euthanasia and abortion and different things and they didn't come out and say this is what you need to do or this is they they made you think they about just it. made you think about those topics so right. you didn't just go oh okay this is what society says to do so i right. need to do it right. it made you really i i think one of the things that i came across with star trek is that there was a value of life. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the difference between um, guns that kill and, and guns phasers that stun. that stun. Right. You know, and I, as I was watching Star Trek yesterday, I thought, wouldn't that be nice if today police officers had guns that could stun? They do. Well, they have, kind of. We have the things that, like shock. Yeah, you have to be away. really close to people to use those um, tasers. Tasers. That's what I was talking about. You have to be really close, and if someone has a gun pointed at you, you don't necessarily want to get three or four feet away to tase them. Right. Wouldn't it be nice to have a phaser that could, from fifty feet away, stun them, mm-hmm. and then you could apprehend them and <coughs> and question them without killing them? Right. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, there's just different things that I I I thought about as we were watching that okay it's are we recording too late you just yawned (laughs) oh i'm tired but okay so let's answer the question now biblical scholar that you are since three years old you've been uh, a believer and you've read lots of the bible um does the bible say that there are no there's no life except for earth um says anything is possible (laughs) <laughs> all things are possible all things are possible well okay now i'm going to defer to my great aunt who lived to be 106 and she read the bible a lot longer than okay. i have all right and she talked about scriptures in the old testament in the prophet um Zer- ezekiel 
Ezekiel where it talked about wheels within wheels that had like eyes all over it and they spun around this way and that way and they hovered around the and flames came out of them and, and yeah. you know she she said she believed those could have been spaceships and you know and this is some a lady that had read the bible for a hundred years it was probably her first textbook and taught in a one-room school how she had a bachelor's in science from the university of washington she was a very intelligent person and mm -hmm. she didn't write off the fact that there could be life besides earth and if we really just want to get technical and we've talked about this on our podcast before whether there is life on other planets per se or not there is extraterrestrial life because all through the bible it talks about <coughs> angels and demons mm -hmm. and it talks about really weird looking angels some that have four heads or like there's like a lion face and a <laughs> human face, human face yeah. and then and they turn an around eagle's face. and e yeah and there's some that have like six wings and and so there's some pretty gnarly looking angelic beings out there and those are definitely extraterrestrial beings they aren't from earth right they're a different creation a pre pre-human creation so, it, so in essence there could be there could be alien life we just don't know what it what it would be well here's the deal though i know some people that say well if if we find alien life out there that's intelligent then that's going to discount the bible but i don't know if i've ever read any scriptures that say that that would I, I don't I don't really necessarily understand how what the reasoning behind that is because see we told you we're not the only ones or whatever maybe perhaps because back in the in the dark ages you know if um, it was blasphemy to think that there was any other that basically we were the center of the universe yeah well know, I mean and maybe it was just a selfish thing but uh, who knows I mean I know that the Bible was written to human beings humanity. And so we can look at it that way. What is out there, we don't know. And I love, there's this great song. I I wish we had time to play it because I played it before on the podcast so, so people will hear it. But it's uh, by Larry Norman called UFO, Unidentified Flying Object. And in it, he says, uh, in the lines of the song, he says, and if there's life on other planets, then I'm sure that uh, we'd all know that he's been there already and he's died to save their soul. And he's an unidentified flying object. So, in other words, if God can save our planet through Jesus, mm -hmm. he certainly could do that for other civilizations if they're out there. But that wouldn't necessarily involve us because we may never see in our lifetime or or even if the world, you know, blows up in a nuclear attack. You know, um, we may never, ever see life on other planets. It's but if they are there, perhaps God would. Oh, what? Catherine just said it's a mystery. It is a mystery. Mysteries well, of the Bible. <laughs> I I think I think that through the ages as humans have tried to understand um the world around us and the heavens, we've tended to try to put God in a box. Mm -hmm. And you know, some people would argue to the death that the earth was flat. Or that used to, yeah. 
I mean, they just had different things that they thought for sure this is the way, you know, it was is, the, the right. ultimate truth. And even even put to death people yeah. of science that, and I don't think personally that science and faith need to disagree. So yeah. They don't need to be at each other's throats because to me, science is 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 a it comes from god because science is just learning about god's creation learning how it works learning how how deep faith you know when you are all the science around you you know you have to have faith you know what i mean like it almost it makes you have faith at least in my opinion like for me when you look at that stuff I, I agree because when I look at the heavens, the Bible says nature declares <coughs> the heaven, the glory of God. Well, we were even watching that show about, um, you know, this behind the scenes of Star Trek and stuff. And they had a couple of scientists on there talking about the conditions on Earth for life and how, you know, looking for other planets and stuff like that. And how we are really a unique situation because it's just perfect. We're, we're perfect exact, for human life. Right, for, to, to thrive. Yeah. And and that's so rare, at least so far, that they found. They, they're looking. To have all those conditions, the right, the right and, amount and yet, of atmosphere. And yet, if you listen a little more carefully to what he was saying, he wa they were talking about how mysterious that was and how that's just amazing and how, you know, what a happenstance, you know. Yet at the same time as I'm watching, I'm thinking, well, yeah, God did it that way. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it's, it's like, not to believe. yeah, so it's like I never quite understood why people will say when they, when you, I mean, the Bible says if you look around you and look at creation, you'll know that God, some type of a God exists because how could it all just happen, you know, by, by randomness? And yet, at the same time, you'll have people that'll fight tooth and nail and say there is no God, that it's all random. Yet, no that's proof. really hard to explain. Like, well, I mean, it's but like... But there is proof everywhere around you. Well, you would think so. And yeah. if you look at a chair, I always said this to the when I was preaching, if you look at a chair, what's easier to believe that that chair just exists out of a bunch of different things that came together some magical way and poof, there was a chair? Or a or bunch it, of cosmic accidents or, and or, the chair appears. Or is the chair, has it been constructed by a carpenter mm -hmm. or somebody who understood how to make a chair well yeah i think it's a lot easier to believe that it was made and if you think about our our planets and our the human body the you know a squirrel uh a tree those are all just in themselves absolutely amazing well at least at least even if you don't believe in a personal god I just can't imagine that there isn't some kind of design, some kind of creator out there that at least set these laws of physics in motion, mm -hmm. that at least got the, the groundwork, put in the elements, started the creation process going. And, you know, sometimes people can argue pro-evolution, anti-evolution, whatever but you know i believe that god is big enough that if he wanted to use the evolutionary process he could but i believe he started it i believe that whatever whatever he could have just been you could do you know it could have been a very literal interpretation of genesis chapter one 
or it could have been a process that took time. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know because none of us were there day one. Someone else wrote it, you know, someone wrote it for God. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, it was, you know, the Bible says all scriptures inspired, but the the actual writing down, most people attribute the writing down of the book of Genesis to Moses, which mm-hmm. was hundreds, hundreds of years after Adam and Eve, if not thousands of years. Story and down kind of thing. yeah, it was probably oral then, tradition course, until God then. And then, you know, and God gave them inspiration as well probably well moses did talk with god so Mm -hmm. yeah moses moses had chats with god and god could have set him straight on a few things (coughs) yeah we don't know but 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 yeah we yeah but but, we do know know we talked to him so but really the the book of genesis the first couple chapters that describe creation we're somewhat vague. You know, he said on the first day he did this. On the second day he did that. He, it doesn't say. doesn't say how long the days were. It doesn't yeah. say the specifics on how he did it. It just mm-hmm. was. So it, it's just, it's, it's really interesting. Okay, so we've come to the close of this podcast. We could go on and on and on. But I'm curious what our listeners think. Do you think there's life on other planets? Let us know. Email us or call our voice line. And I don't know what our voice line is. <laughs> you have a number there somewhere. <laughs> I got it right here. It was by his old system, so he has to to reach and crawl. There and, we go. Okay. Okay. Call us on our voice line and leave a message, and it'll get right to us. Two zero six four one four T H W Y or two zero six four one four eight four nine nine. Call us and let us know if you think there's life on other planets. Why or why not? And if you're uncomfortable calling. Then you can, email. you can email us at rick at takingwithyou.com or mm-hmm. amy at takingwithyou.com. That's right. We should get a Catherine at takingwithyou.com. <laughs> or you can email me and address it for Catherine. And we'll give it that. to her. So that's how you get a hold of us. Um, what else would we want to say? You can also get a hold of us on our Take Him With You Facebook page. You can leave a comment there. I forgot that. You just go to Facebook and type in "Take Him With You" and you'll find it. Huh? Oh, I was I was saying that you want me to help you get that all back up. <laughs> yeah, I just noticed that we really <coughs> hadn't done anything with our nah. Facebook page, so I, I put a thing. Oh, Catherine wants to be made the administrator. No, no, no. I'll make you the admin. Oh, well, you think admin, so? so? I think mm-hmm. we need to make you stuff. the admin. So I just noticed today that we only had 111 likes because uh, we haven't promoted our Facebook page really at all. No. So, um, Rick, you're going to get better at putting our we'll our podcast links on there, right? We'll see. And I said on Facebook today that if we could get 200 likes... Mm-hmm. Then we can give away. Then we will give away some free music, some sure. of Rick's original creations. So, um, if you would go to take him with you on Facebook and like the page, and then share that link, yeah, we would be grateful. And we will um give it when we get to two hundred likes. We will do a random drawing from all the people that like from it. all the people who like it. And um, we will get a hold of you if you win. Yeah. Yay. <coughs> okay. Yes. Yeah, so. So did we want to um, pray for people? I don't know. We. 
what we would pray. Pray that they like Star Trek? How's that work? <laughs> well, you know, there are people that do not like Star Trek whatsoever. Yeah, I know. And, and that's okay, you know. what? Yeah. Star Trek didn't die for us. It didn't create us. It's not coming back for us. Everyone has different opinions on Star Trek. But it sure does make it fun. <laughs> <laughs> but you've been a Trekkie um, since you were a little boy. <coughs> I grew up watching Star Trek too. I, I'm not quite as passionate about it as you are, but I, I have enjoyed these newer movies. Well, let's pray for our listening audience and then we'll uh, go. All right. All right. Thank you, Lord, for each and every person that listened to the podcast today. We ask you to bless them and help them in every area of their life, comfort their hearts, and God, help us to expand our, our lives to look further out and, and look at all the wonderful things that you've done in our universe. And we just give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That was Catherine. That was an oimen. 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 <laughs> that was a, a pirate's amen. We're going to leave you with a song uh, from the Star Trek Into Darkness soundtrack written by J.J. Abrams and a couple of other people, and it's called The Growl. J.J. Abrams is a musician. He actually... Well, he helped write the lyrics. Oh, So okay. check this song out as we go out. And thanks again for joining us. Visit our webpage if you can. And if you can, uh, give a donation and help us out. We would really appreciate that. We haven't had a lot of those lately. Uh, so that would be very helpful. Takehimwithyou.com. That's all you have to remember. Woohoo! See you next time on another exciting episode. This has been a Moyer Multimedia LLC production. Copyright 2013. All rights reserved. But wait, that's not all. If you act now, you get a free pairing knife. Thank you.